Mr. Porter. How's it going tonight? It is a Tuesday night. And we are live uh, with our Sea of Red weekly podcast. Um, and it feels wonderful. So before we get into it all, I want to just say you're welcome to the new studio. We've got the whiteboard, Liberty 21, uh, Arkansas 19. Mm-hmm, got the diploma, mm-hmm. the bobblehead freeze, a mini helmet, the Elijah Cuffey uh, first game ticket. We've got a jersey of an unnamed player that we'll we'll get into later, not this episode, and a helmet signed by Rashad Jennings, along with some celebratory cigars up here. Uh, this first one is the BYU one. I believe the second one is Malik gets drafted. This one is signed by Hugh Freeze, and this last one here is uh, the Arkansas game. So some uh, some really cool stuff in the new studio just wanted to point that out and second thing is uh jason how are we not ranked in the college football playoff rankings that came out tonight 19 ap 19 in coaches and not ranked in the college football playoff what what's the deal yeah tough to uh tough to figure that one out the uh the nuance on there looks really really big time there though chad i will give it to you i've just got kind of got the plain background back there of a of a painting that I didn't paint. So uh, I'm impressed, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I, I think we just got to continue to take care of business on the field, man, and let the scoreboard do the talking. I mean, that's, that, that's all we can do, but boy, what a, what a fun couple of weeks it's been. Oh, it's been uh, quite a ride. So some of the conversations that have happened around my house are uh, me, me going on and on about Arkansas win SEC, uh, first, first road win at, on the SEC, first win in the SEC, um, all that kind of stuff. And my wife comments, "How many biggest wins in school history are we going to have this year?" And it's just like, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to. I mean, I think, I think it's like. So I told somebody the other day, the biggest with the way that what it meant and the way it made me feel, what it meant in terms of. To, to the fan was probably BYU. I ranked that up there mm-hmm. just with the vision, the way mm-hmm. that the stadium was packed. Everything was wonderful about that night. So for for me, BYU, meaning BYU is number one. Uh, how it propelled the program, I'm going with Baylor. Back mm-hmm. in the day when we beat Baylor, the way that students and everybody celebrated around yep. that, uh, it kind of just drew a lot of attention to the program and mm-hmm. – um, you know, kind of let us know that we could we could hang um, even as, as an FCS opponent. And then as far as the best team we've ever beat, it, easily, Arkansas. That mm. running back, that offensive line, that quarterback, we're going to see a lot of players from that team play on Sundays. Right. Yep. They are the best team, the best roster that we've ever beat. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to have to start when – you, when you look at the Mount Rushmore, we're going to have to start putting up, like, different categories. Like, okay – meaning to the program meaning to the fan so all that right kind of stuff. So, um, well what are your thoughts on too, the magnitude of that game yeah i was gonna say just even looking at the recap here on the graphic chad this is almost one of those things where you look at 21 19 even talking to some people they're like wow that was a close game and you think about it it really wasn't it wasn't until mm-hmm. you know the last uh, few minutes there of the of the fourth quarter when arkansas kind of woke up and and uh, they went to work but just the the o-line d-line was just dominant once again and i think that was one of the things that was so telling they just won the battle of the trenches which is a great segue to to brendan coming on here in a minute but it was just so impressive from start to finish i know they probably would like to tweak some things from the second half of the offense 
from that perspective. But overall, just the dominance was was really incredible to go into that environment. And uh, it was so telling, too, when they start painting the stands, you know, uh, it started the fourth quarter and, and the Arkansas fans were just disappearing. And I thought, wow, this is this is something to behold, interestingly enough, as well. Yeah, uh, you brought him up. Brennan Schlittler, our guy live with 55 is how this whole thing got started. And uh, we're going to bring him in right now and see what his thoughts, uh, his thoughts were from uh, Saturday night. There he is, live with fifty-five main man. Go ahead, right from the jump. Let's hit the uh, let's hit the uh, RTR ad read. All right, let's roll. All right, so uh, as you said, this segment sponsored by RT Rogers, uh, an energy distribution company based out of uh, West Virginia, owned and operated by Greg Rogers, an LU alumni, uh, taking care of his people here. Uh, they deliver to six different states. And regardless of their fueling needs or location, they bring quality fuel, exceptional service, and leading expertise right to your door. Flawless. Bingo. Nailed it. Nailed it. It so, only took uh, week 11. Yeah, week 11, we got it. So uh, still, still, um, yeah. Anyways, Greg texted me on uh, Saturday night. And Brendan, this is just kind of to let you behind the curtain. You always kind of help us understand what a player is from a fan perspective. My phone was blowing up on Saturday, and one of those was Greg Rogers. He sent me a picture of a big bonfire he was having there in West Virginia, and his comment was, when you talk to Brendan again, tell him I said thank you. So here it is. Greg <laughs> says thank you. Um, look, man, those moments mean so much to us. I mean, I, I know they mean a lot to you. It's in your on your resume. It's something you accomplished through a lot of hard work, and it's something you and your team will always have together. But never forget how much that means to us, too, who – it's promoting our university. You see my diploma up here. Uh, when I go to work and I have to tell people, it, it's gone from I have to tell people to I get to tell people where I went to school and uh, have you and your teammates and your coaches to thank for a lot of that. So never, never undersell sell what that means to us as fans. I uh, want to get that from your perspective. What does this win mean to you as a player? Are you already grind mode on the next week? And when will you take the opportunity to look back at your resume and say, man, I've done some cool things as a college football player? Yeah, I don't think it's totally set in what just happened on Saturday. But at the same time, uh, once Monday hits, it's out the window. So uh, we've already talked as the boys. We're fully focused on UConn. As uh, funny as that is, I know the fans usually get till about Saturday morning, but we got to go straight to UConn, uh, focus on them. But We've already talked. We were planning on sitting down after the season and watching all the TV copies of BYU and uh, you know Arkansas and hopefully Virginia Tech and some other bigger games. So um, we're definitely going to soak that in. And that was just it was insane for that to happen. But uh, yeah, we're focused on UConn. But that was that was awesome. Brendan, I think to to sort of pile on what what Chad's talking about. I mean, obviously, congratulations on Saturday, but. Uh, I was just kind of curious too, you know, walking around town and you guys were out shopping and, you know, at Target and running errands and stuff like that and walking around in, in your official gear that's obvious that it ain't coming from the bookstore. Um, and they see, you know, Liberty football. Uh, and obviously you're, uh, you're not real uh, subtle being undercover at your size, no offense, of course. But uh, what kind of comments are you getting around the community? Everybody hollering at you and saying, way to go. What kind of things are you, are you guys hearing? 
you know, the fans always are saying stuff to us. You know, we roll in a group as an offensive line usually. There's only there's always two or three of us in, together at the same time, so um, kind of hard to miss. But they're always so supportive. Uh, they're proud and just keep thanking us for what we're doing. But at the end of the day, we can't do it without them. So it's a two-way street, and we're thankful for them as well. But they're always saying something out there. Uh, <clears throat> Brendan, I don't know if you've noticed, but I got this cool swivel mic. That felt so cool to bring the mic back in and say <laughs> something. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I, you can see it up here on the graphic. Bennett does it again, exclamation point. Jonathan Bennett, 15 for 25, 224 yards, three TTs, and one interception, which I thought was a decently thrown ball and one-on-one coverage. And, you know, even Free said wide receiver may have, could have, uh, you know, helped him out a little bit there. Um. As somebody who knows Jonathan Bennett, who has been around Jonathan Bennett through this entire wave of ride that he's been on, roller coaster is a better word. Um, you're you're JB's roommate, right? And so, what is what is it that we don't see that makes this guy have what what I tweeted earlier this week is a competitive uh, spirit in spite of circumstances his stick with it uh, mentality and what is it that just makes him be able to come out in the two biggest games in school history and perform like a an an all pro type quarterback despite just being constantly uh buried on a depth chart and kind of um you know did you did you expect this did you see this coming did you know he had it in him i mean i know he's your roommate but give us some like behind the behind the scenes like is this jb like i was really really proud of him and i'm sure you are too yeah since the moment he got on campus we've been uh we've been close friends um i knew at some point he was gonna lead us to some crazy wins but uh you know we were talking the other day and i'm like dude looking back like week three did you think that this would have ever happened and he's like no i'm like this is crazy especially with you and um I would just say his ability to wake up and go to work and not care what happened previously and continue to build and build and build um, and chop that tree down every single day. He he doesn't care what happened before. He's going to come to work and he's going to be consistent. And I think so many people are, you know, they focus on their feelings or their past, their failures, what people are saying. And that kid's the exact opposite. He's had the ability to just be mentally tough. And uh, it's kind of all coming to fruition right now. So I'm sure he's thankful for that. And I know the fans are too. So, Yeah, Brendan, I know too, uh, in, in our graphic, we've got up there about a day going down. Uh, can you give us, what can you give us update wise as far as what's going on there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know he has MRI today, but I'm sure coach will update that on Thursday. Sure. Um, I actually haven't even heard what's happened. So I just know he got banged up there in the, in the game, but we'll see what happens. So when you're talking about rankings, uh, now now I'm going to give you like I'm the reason I'm so long winded when I talk to Brendan is I'm giving him time to formulate his answers. So I gave him <laughs> what the question's coming up. It's coming up about rankings. So take your time. Uh, rankings were 19 a- AP, 19 coaches poll, and then the college football playoff uh, rankings come out tonight. And we are not top 25. We're uh, actually outside of the top 25 in these college football. Those are the ones that matter for bowl game selection. Um, what type of motivation does that give you? Uh, do you even pay attention to it? Do the coaches talk about it? 
And uh, really, if you just want to say on to UConn, I'd be happy with that right about now. I'll give you a little something. <laughs> I would say from, from our perspective, the most important thing at the end of the day is what the, our record is. Um, it doesn't matter if we won by one point or 50. It's always a win is a win. And that sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Um, so for us to get these wins down the stretch here, that's the focus, and it's not on these nine people that want to sit there and judge us. So um, at the end of the day, like, obviously we're not happy with it, but um, we're focused on winning, winning the last three games, specifically this week, and uh, that's all we can take care of. We know uh, going back to 2020, those that committee isn't a huge fan of our team, so we're not really bothered by it, but we're just going to keep focusing on, you know, improving, trusting the process, and winning, so – Hey, John, I see you're in here. Uh, go ahead and tweet all those quotes on the Sea of Red right now. and uh, <laughs> Do what you can to put those quotes out there for everybody to see. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Brennan, just looking at UConn to, uh, to the average uh, fan here, you know, five and five doesn't really scream a competitive ball game. But again, records are records. But I think it's it's worth noting, too, you know, three of those five losses for those guys, Michigan, Syracuse, and NC State. Hello. Um, so they've they've played some big boys just like we have, and uh, I think I think we're gonna you guys are gonna be ready to go on Saturday. I know 44 degrees up in Connecticut, blah blah blah. But uh, what kind of things are you guys seeing already uh, as you as you've been breaking them down here the last couple of days? Yeah, this is a game coming into the season. You look at the schedule, and it's like you think it should be one of the easier wins, and um, that's just how you think. But this is a team that has a new coach this year, Jim Mora, and he has won at a lot of places. And I would say, yeah. And uh, I would say our team, this is the best job we've done at recognizing kind of like a trap game like this, where our practice today did not seem like it was UConn week. It was, we're practicing the same that we have the last 11 weeks. We're going full fledged. It's like ready to go. So um, that team is much improved. Depth-wise, they're not probably where they want to be, but they fight like hell. And, um, you know, we were talking, they kind of remind us of us in 2019 where, you know, the five to seven win-ish type of team where you don't got much, but you have a fight in you, and that's how they are. Um, they got high motors. Uh, they play hard, and it's definitely going to be a challenge, but, you know, we take pride in playing hard and being in shape as well. So, um, at the end of the day, we have to be us. We have to practice just as hard this week and simply execute the game plan, and hopefully we'll come out with a big win. Hey, good stuff as always, man. We're, uh, you, you know, you've built you've built a, 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 quite the community of offensive line fans out there, and uh, we're watching the game, and the way you guys kind of manhandled, uh, not manhandled, the way you guys kind of controlled the offensive line uh, on Saturday was one for the ages, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy that this summer when you cut on the TV copy of the game. Uh, congratulations, man. As always, thanks for the good stuff. Um, we are going to watch Jason Porter ad here and then go straight to John Manson. Jason, thanks for joining us tonight. You're a pro's pro. Hey, thank hey, you. This is this this is the new standard for for backdrops. So, uh, Brendan, if you could get your uh, your your curtain and fan out of the way, and uh, Jason, Jason, you got this to live up to. Let's get it. Not all of us are you. You guys have a good night. Thanks, you too.
Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add, too, is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well, because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much. There he is, main man, creator, founder, all things the Sea of Red, and uh, my good friend. I think I've added one to the title, Boss Man. I don't know if you like that or not, but we'll we'll work on it. Uh, boss Man, John Manson, uh, fresh off of a whirlwind of a trip to Arkansas. Uh, John, we'll start there. Arkansas uh, was, uh, man, it was insane, and I, you and I have talked. And we talked about a little bit about with Jason. Uh, you have been at all five Power Five wins in Liberty history. Uh, go ahead and tell us your favorite one, or you're the best one, or the most meaningful one, or the most meaningful one for the program. Uh, you can categorize it however you want. If you got to get all five of them in there, tell us what you think about that win and how it ranks up there for you as a fan and for the program. Well, first of all, I do want to continue to give you a shout out for your setup. It's nice. Got the new mic. Hey. Got the nice background. You're making me feel bad. And I, I'm downstairs. I'm normally up in my kitchen doing the podcast, but my wife's sick, so I came downstairs to let her sleep. I'm in the basement, and this is my office, but my problem is all my memorabilia, I'm looking at it, but I got the uh, Sparky bobblehead, Hugh Freeze bobblehead. Okay. And a lot of other well, stuff. 
I know we don't well, want to sit here and do this all day, but okay. I got it all. I'll get it set. I'll get it set up as uh, as we have time. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, we're we well, we're gonna miss the kitchen curtains. Not gonna lie, tonight's gonna be a little different. I'm gonna miss those kitchen balances. I think they're called. Hey, don't shoot, don't shoot me. It's, that's all Morgan. But yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, five P five wins. I mean, it's crazy. Baylor, 2017, 2020, we picked up Syracuse and Virginia Tech, and then uh, this year we we've gotten uh, BYU and Arkansas so far, and. And somebody asked me that on, on Twitter and it's really, you know, I started to, to go in and answer the question. What was my, what's my favorite win? What's the best win? And it's almost impossible to do so. And I kind of joked, it's like, you know, trying to name your favorite uh, kids. And now we got my mom in here. So that's good too. But anyways, um, no, it, it, it's almost impossible to, um, to try to rank those. And we're also getting to the point where, you know, like if you asked an Alabama fan, like what are the five biggest wins in Alabama football history? Like they're going to be, they can't even name them, right? I mean, they're all national championships and they got more than five, so they can't name them. Well, Liberty, not to say Liberty's Alabama yet, of course not, but uh, Liberty's getting to the point where you can't really say, oh, here's the five biggest wins in school history. Because, you know, I, I don't, what is the biggest win in school history? And you could argue a few different ones, but um, I, all five of those were special Baylor. I mean, that was the first one ever, you know, it was a coming out party of Buckshot and AGG, uh, being able to make the trip. I drove all the way down there. It was a crazy, uh, experience, picked up my brother on the way. My dad went with me. Um, so, you know, that's one I'll never forget. Um, you know, and then, you know, beating Virginia tech, you know, we've talked about this before growing up here in, in Virginia, the, you know, that games means more as does playing UVA than, uh, than maybe it does to all Liberty fans. But that one was obviously special being able to get that win in lane stadium. Syracuse was the first ever, uh, went over an ACC team, which meant a lot. Um, and then, you know, you look at this year, I mean, BYU, how can you leave that one out? You know what that meant for the school and, and, and the program and the university just for the mission and everything. And, and then obviously beat an SEC team, Arkansas, you already mentioned it, you know, that's the best team Liberty's ever beaten. And I agree with that. Um, so I don't know how I can pick one as my favorite, that they're all great. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, you know, it's crazy. You talk to Q freeze, like, you know, the biggest win in school history. And, and the next week you're back in there talking again, the biggest win in school history and it. And it's crazy. I mean, we've had this conversation so many times over the past three years or so, four years under Hugh freeze, you know, is the best, is this the best team Liberty's ever played? Is this the best team Liberty's ever beat? Is this the best win in school history? And, you know, it, it just goes back to this rise with us moniker, right. That, that Liberty talks about and, and we have risen. And as we keep rising that level uh, that you're reaching for and aiming for keeps getting higher and higher. So uh, it's been an incredible run and, and I'm glad to enjoy it and hope it's not stopping anytime soon. Let me swivel in my microphone here. Uh, so we had a question on Twitter today that I want to get to from uh, Trev spy who uh, he had basically it was about conference USA and, um, the week non-conference schedule. This is all about football moves. Um, so let me read the question. Um, concerns about the weakness of the schedule moving forward, uh, 2023. And then also 
no power five opponents. And yeah, thoughts about adding Sam Houston, Jacksonville State, and Kennesaw. So, um, John, why don't you go ahead and take a stab at this one? Why was what is your opinion of adding Conference USA? Would you take the trade off? Would you take the trade of being in a conference and losing the P five games and basically having a really weak schedule next year? Uh, was it a was it a worth the trade off? Let's talk about just football if we can. Sure. Um, I don't think those two things are ne- necessarily mutually exclusive. Um, I, I think even if Liberty remained an independent, some of these games were going to come off, maybe not all of them. But what, what has happened, in my opinion, and based on you know what people have said to me and what I've heard, is that, you know, Liberty had to, you know, move into Commerce USA, didn't have to, but moving into Commerce USA, they had to drop eight games a year to make room for conference games. So that's eight, you know, times however many seasons that we had full schedules. So you're talking like 40 games roughly had to be moved. And so, you know, your North Carolina, Virginia, um, you know, South Carolina, who are some of the other power fives that we had on there uh, immediately, we're going to call Ian, call Liberty and say, Hey, you have to move 40 games. Well, we'd love to get out of this. If you don't make us have to pay this buyout, um, so I think that's a lot of how some of those games ended up c- coming off. Um, I hate that. I, I, a lot of those games were very attractive. The North Carolina home for home and home uh, two for one, the Duke two for one, the uh, wake was supposed to come uh, to, to Lynchburg here in a couple of years. I mean, all of those are very attractive games and games Liberty could win and we could continue to add power five wins. So uh, I hate that, but I also don't think that's necessarily only because we're going to Conference USA. I mean, as Liberty wins more and more games and beats more and more uh, Power 5 teams, like, do you think Arkansas is going to ever want to play Liberty anytime soon, ever going to schedule Liberty? No. You know, we saw it, we see it in men's basketball with Missouri. I mean, we were supposed to go to Missouri this year, and they were going to pay us to come there, but we whooped them last year in the Liberty Arena, so they didn't want to play us. So they they said, oh, no, we don't want to play you. We'd rather pay to not play you than pay you to come here. So, I mean, it's going to be more the same on the football side. And and uh, Todd Batolsky, who's basically the CFO of Liberty uh, Athletic Department, I had a conversation with him about two – I think it was during the 2020 season when Liberty was – you know, in the midst of that, you know, what ended up being a 10 and one year and number 17 ranking at the end of the year and the AP poll. Uh, he told me that uh, scheduling in football is very similar to buying and selling stocks, right? You want to, uh, you know, buy low and sell high. So when Liberty was first moving into the FBS, Everybody like Arkansas and South Carolina and North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera, looked at Liberty as, oh, that's an easy win and it's an FBS win. So we can play an FCS school and a brand new FBS in Liberty. And that's two easy wins towards bowl eligibility. Well, now you fast forward four or five years later after they schedule those games are like, oh, wait, that's not an easy win. That's a tough win. And if we're lucky enough to beat Liberty, it doesn't do anything for us. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, cool, nice win. You know, Arkansas, you're expected to beat Liberty, even though they're seven and one and ranked in the top twenty-five. So I think that's a lot of, um, you know, what's happened on, on that scheduling forefront. We and we're seeing it in all sports. We're seeing it in basketball, right? We talked about that a lot. We're, we're obviously in football now. We're seeing it as well. Um, you know, 
there is another side to this thing. Like you start off as being so bad that people don't mind playing you to you growing to be, you know, we're good enough to beat you, but not respected enough that it matters to you get to the other side of it where you are respected as a top G5 program, like Liberty's kind of gotten that way in baseball. I mean, look at the schedule that baseball is able to put together in softball. I mean, those are legitimate top 25 programs over there, and they're able to play a Duke and a Carolina and a Virginia uh, year in, year out, home and home uh, series. Um, you know, so hopefully before too long, we can get to the other side of this in, in football and basketball and, and get some of these P5s back on the schedule. But yeah, it's a negative. But ultimately, the you know to try to answer the question, which I mean, we could sit here and talk about it for an hour. Um, but to an- try to answer the question, yes, in my opinion, it's worth it. I mean, we're sitting here and you know complaining, and I think rightfully so about not being in the CFP top twenty-five this week. Um, but that doesn't really matter necessarily for Liberty this year because the rankings they don't mean anything other than you got the number by your name when people are you know pulling up the ESPN app to check scores. You know, so other than that, it doesn't really matter. But if we were in Conference USA and on track to win the league, then yes, it would matter because we'd want to beat out Tulane, UCF, whoever else is in the G5 and get into the New Year's Six. So when we're talking about that, yes, I love I love the fact that we're going to Conference USA, you know, and, you know, the, the more I don't know. Again, we could talk about it so much, but um it's only a matter of time before I think the CFP does eventually uh, include us in their rankings. They, I, they got a lot of questions about it. The, the, I don't know, the CFP chair or whatever he's called, Greg Sankey, he got a lot of questions about Liberty and why they weren't included and what held them out. So that there are obviously some conversations going on. So, I mean, if Liberty goes 11 and one in the regular season, which is a big, if that, you know, you got to, you know, one and know every week. Right. But um, you know, they're going to get included and, you know, Liberty keeps rising in the other polls and top 15, you know, knocking on the door of top 10, hopefully, possibly, um, you know, it's going to be hard to leave them out of the CFP top 25. And you, I think you had a couple of tweets about it. Sorry, I'm rambling on and on, but um, this goes into next year, right? I mean, if, if, you know, if Hugh Freeze comes back, if, you know, the bulk of the team remains intact, which, you know, most of them are in underclassmen or, you know, have another year of eligibility at least. Um, and Liberty finishes 12 and one and ranked in the top 15. It's going to be pretty hard to keep them out of the preseason top 25 polls. So if you start out in the preseason top 25 and you, let's say you run the slate, which, you know, that's a big if, but, you know, by the time the week seven or week eight rolls around and you're undefeated and ranked in the top 15 of both those polls, it's going to be pretty hard, regardless of your strength of schedule, for the CFP committee to kind of leave you out. I'll shut up. All right. <clears throat> I got a little bit to say here. Uh, first of all, Faye, uh, thank you for watching tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you. Um, I am just so thankful. <laughs> Do you go by John or Jonathan? My mom calls me Jonathan, so there okay, you go. okay, all right. Uh, second thing I, I would have to say is John and I did an old a whole hour episode on this prior to getting the invite to CUSA, and my thought is, look, we needed friends in the NCAA. Okay, we didn't have any friends. We were the, uh, we were we were the basically um, the we had a lot of money. 
And we were playing against Big South schools and ASUN schools who really didn't have the resources we had. And, uh, and, and we needed friends in the NCAA. I think joining the Conference USA has helped us tremendously. As Nick has pointed out in the comments, it helps with basketball and baseball tremendously. Uh, basketball is going to be one of the top uh, seven, eight conferences in the country, not just G5 conferences. It's going to be right there at like eight. So when you're looking at combo conferences, and I've said this from the beginning, um, if all right, Faye on Facebook, producer Nick is just dying laughing back here, throwing these comments up. It's all good. Um, but Conference USA basketball football combo, John, I think with Liberty being ranked and Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky and a few of the other football schools, uh, Louisiana Tech. If, if a couple of those can rise to be in the top 50, top 60, uh, we're going to easily be the best combo conference because the, you know, uh, some of the good, uh, some of the good uh, basketball conferences that are non P5, they don't have football. And then you look at the Sun Belt, who's dominant in football, they're going to stink in basketball. Like they're going to be awful in basketball. And you got the American Athletic Conference, uh, once they lose their teams, they're going to be kind of mediocre in both. Uh, Conference USA can dominate basketball and be really good in football and be the best G5 combo conference for the two biggest revenue sports, and that's football and men's basketball. Not to mention all the other sports that will elevate at Liberty. So uh, definitely a huge move. That's the number one factor. Number two is our path to the playoff. I mean, if you want to keep South Carolina on the schedule, you want to keep Wake Forest on the schedule, but not have a path to the playoffs or not have a path to the, to the New York six miss me with that completely. That's a terrible take. Like I don't care about playing South Carolina on the road as a 14 point underdog. Yeah, we could win. Yeah. It would get some eyeballs on sec network, but we don't have a conference to get us into the college expanded playoffs includes the highest ranked uh, G five conference champion. We need that conference to be in the playoffs. So if you're looking at just like that one game and, oh, man, we had to drop South Carolina. Oh, man, we had to drop Wake Forest. If you're that nearsighted uh, and you're not looking at the future of the college football playoffs, I had to take a minute there. You are kind of missing the boat on what this is all about. And it's not about, uh, hey, let's have a big game for fans to watch on SEC Network. It's about can our program make the New Year's Six or a college football playoff? So um, that's the two biggest factors for me is it's the best combo conference and it's a path to the playoffs and it's a path to New Year's Six, which we're seeing this year. We're kind of seeing that this year. We don't have a conference home. Nobody really thinks our games mean anything. Our strength of schedule is kind of junk, um, you know, but with a with a conference, it doesn't matter. All we got to do is win our conference championship and be high, highly rated. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could go on and on, like you said, but Conference USA by far outweighs losing Wake Forest and South Carolina on the schedule. Sure. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And if we've learned anything from this season, the toughest schedule Liberty's ever faced, it's still not enough. I mean, you know, Liberty's got wins over P5 teams, Arkansas, who has a winning record, BYU, who has a winning record, uh, you know, one point loss on the road to Wake Forest, who was just in the top 25 until they've lost their last two now. 
but you know, it, the committee has proven that it doesn't matter, you know? So, you know, having that one game on your schedule against a Wake Forest or, or whoever it may be, even if you win that at South Carolina, apparently it doesn't matter because, you know, uh, they're, they're still going to take shots at our strength of schedule. So, um, you know, yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's, it's worth being in there. And part of this is just building up that, that reputation that Liberty is a legit, you know, football G5 power. You know, everyone listening to this believes that because we are. We've, we've seen the facts. We've looked at what's happened the last three or four years. And, you know, you know, our guy Kyle DeArmond has shared some of those facts, right, about how Liberty is basically, if not the best, one of the best G5s already. And that's even before these last couple of wins. And, and just keep doing that year after year. I mean, that's how Boise State got to where they were. You know, they've kind of fallen off a little bit the last few years. But UCF, I mean, they're ranked despite, you know, maybe their resume doesn't match up to what Liberty's is, you know, but, but they've got that name recognition. They've got that cachet kind of built up. And uh, you know, so in, we've saw, we've seen it with Cincinnati. I mean, you know, they're not up there this year, but the last couple of years they were, you know, creeping up and knocking on the door, being in a CFP, the top four. And then they finally got into it last year. And, but that was after several years of, you know, kind of, you know, being top 15, top 10, top 12, top eight and left out. So you just got to keep winning and, and take care of business on the field, and it'll eventually pay off uh, in the in the eyes of the beholders, which are you know, as Brendan said, those nine guys sitting up in a room in Indianapolis or wherever they're at. Nine guys judging us is what he said. If you want to qu- go ahead and tweet that out, hey John, one last thing here, and that is crossover season, and that is uh, how many how many teams do you come across? Uh, for football that that are just as excited uh, about their basketball team as what we have here at Liberty. I mean, you're, you go to all these, you sit in all these press conferences. How many of those guys are talking about, man, we got our first basketball game. Our team's going to be ranked in the top 100. We have a chance to make the NCAA. Our fans might expect us to go to the Sweet 16, maybe. Like we think that's how many, how many teams are there in the country that are coming off this type of football season that are expecting the same for basketball uh, during this crossover season that you've been a part of? Yeah, the list is very short. Um, But, you know, most recently, obviously, I was down in Arkansas, and, you know, they were very upset about the loss, right? But towards the end of that game, there was a couple of their student reporters uh, down below uh, me, and they were kind of talking after the game when I was finishing up uh, my game stories and stuff. And they were talking about the basketball team. It was like, well, at least we have basketball to look forward to and and all that. But uh, although I think they got a shot against LSU this week, so uh, that'll be a nice win for Liberty if they can get that. But, but yeah, I mean, so Arkansas is kind of looking forward to that. And it was kind of cool to walk by, and they got a street there, Nolan Richardson Drive, right by the state, the arena for the basketball. And they've obviously got a lot of tradition down there. But look around – the Commonwealth of Virginia, right? I mean, you're around Virginia Tech fans all the time. They're ready for basketball season, right? They're they're done with football. They're ready to go on to basketball. Um, my family's all UVA fans. They've moved on from football and ready for basketball. Faye, don't let him talk about you like that. She'll tell you they've moved on from uh, from football and ready for basketball. And and uh, you know the same thing can be said for you know an ODU or, or others around. So it's very rare and, and unusual for a team to to have a top twenty football team. And and yet at the same time, 
you know, flipping the page and, and watching Darius McGee, you know, score 17 points in 17 minutes last night and and uh, all the hype around the basketball team and get ready to go down and play Alabama. I mean, could you imagine the basketball team knocks off a top 20 Alabama team Friday night uh, on the heels of the football team beating uh, Arkansas? Man, we we own the SEC. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. All you SEC podcast hosts and, and website owners, come at me with some SEC stats with Alabama and, and everything like that. Uh, hey, John, listen, you're the man. I appreciate you going down to Arkansas and all the time you spend covering our favorite team. You make this so much fun. Uh, you've made this whole podcast. You've made this. Uh, into, uh, you're, so, John, but you have to answer this last question. This has been popped up there. Uh, does your mom really cheer for Liberty over UVA? Tell her the truth right now, live in front of everybody. Well, I know for a hundred percent that my dad does not. I also know for a hundred percent that my brother, who's a Liberty alum, he does not, and I'm very upset about that. Uh, my mom, I'm not sure. She 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 might be uh, on the bandwagon with uh, with Liberty a little bit. Um, I know she she was a big fan of uh, Jerry Falwell Sr. And we used to go, not to get onto this tangent, but we used to go to Living Christmas Tree back when I was six years old. And uh, that was all her doing. And probably one of the big reasons why myself, my sister, and and my brother all ended up at Liberty. But uh, uh, so she may be. I'll give her a pass on that one. Okay, sounds good. Uh, He has, uh, John, thank you. You've given us this platform me, Nick, Will, Richie Longshots, Kyle, everybody that kind of contributes, Zach, all the writers you've hired, you've given us all this platform to have a voice about our favorite team and given us a hobby that is uh, unmatched. I have so much fun doing this and I uh, really appreciate you do, you giving us that opportunity and all the hours that you've grinded away with uh, countless thankless hours. Uh, so we appreciate it, man, and uh, have a good night. And with that, we're going to get to uh, Richie Longshots and get his picks for the week. There he is, Richie Longshots. Oh, got the Christmas tree up already. Got the Liberty not, swag on. Not my choice with the Christmas headset. tree. Got the trucker headset on. You're looking good tonight. All right, you already kind of teased me a little bit about how many times I'm going to mention my background. You have the over six and a half times for this show. So here's yeah. number four. Yep, there we go. So we'll need one so, more with Kyle and one more at the end. What I'm going to tease you about is the over-under for the length of your schedule for your segment. You're scheduled for like 12 minutes. I think the shortest we've ever done this is 22 minutes. So you're on the clock, my friend. What do you got for Liberty this week? Give us all your picks. How you feeling? What's going on? Update us about everything in your life and give us your picks in less than 12 minutes, and I'm a winner. All right. So first things first, you know, things were going great up until about uh, two hours ago. Saturday was incredible. I was sitting in a Philadelphia sports bar surrounded by a bunch of sad Philadelphia Union fans and sad Philadelphia Phillies fans while I was standing on the chair at a bar singing Fan the Flames. It was incredible. We went 3-2 and two last week, but in that 3-2, and two, I gave out, I said on this show a week ago, I said, if you're going to bet Liberty, 
bet Liberty, Moneyline, and the under. That paid out almost 11 to 1. And if you're like someone like me uh, and you did bet that, it saved the week. Um, to, to get 11 to 1 on anything is always awesome. It had a good week with 3 and 2, but to, to you know have a side bet where I hit for uh, a, a pretty penny was an awesome way to start Saturday. Had a good be- uh, betting day on Sunday. Went 3 and 0 single college basketball games yesterday. I'm starting to feel a little juju. Things are moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit. All this after just taking an absolute thrashing on Twitter for telling people to take Alabama. Oh, Explain yourself. Oh, Explain yourself. Oh. So, for those who don't know, lines move when news comes out. And a football number like 14, I don't, you know, if it's great, but if you can get 14 and a half, you're sitting there like, all right, I just lost by two touchdowns, but I ended up covering with that half a point. So, the Liberty line was at 14. And I saw the rumors that, that JB was going to be out, which I, I didn't fully buy. And I crack a joke like many others did. And I just said, hey, now's the time to get Arkansas 14 because that line's going to move. And you would have thought I was converting to another religion with the, the, the attacks on my character. People, people were like tweeting John, like tattletaling on me. Like, guys, they, they don't. They don't bring me on here to just go, yep, bet Liberty. Because guess who's one in four this year against the spread as a favorite? Liberty is. So, yeah, I, 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 I even said I'm not taking the spread. I'm taking the over-under on Liberty games for the rest of the year. I've retired from the point spread. I've retired from Moneyline. It is on this show. I am giving you Liberty over-unders, and that's it. And, oh, my goodness. And then I then in the middle of the game, we're up 14 nothing, And I don't want to. Uh, getting chirped like we're winning for beating an sec team and people are worried about my losing bets oh jokes on you uh i won over a thousand dollars on on saturday because of my bets so, so what i would i make a joke and people just going bananas so if you win a thousand dollars what you're telling me is you can afford a different headset uh that that sounds wonderful all right yeah. what do you got this week all right so this week we'll kick things off um Jumping into Tulsa, Memphis. I like Memphis at home. Memphis has lost to a lot of pretty good teams. UCF, Tulane, ECU, Houston. Uh, They've had better losses in those games to Tulsa. Uh, Memphis flirting with, uh, you know, I think they are bowl eligible now. They're either at five or six wins, but I like this game within a touchdown. I saw six and a half jumping all over that. Our game Saturday against UConn. Uh, right now, Liberty's a minus 14 and a half. But like I just said, Liberty were one in four this year's favorites against the spread. That's not ideal. Um, and UConn's got a bang up defense. In the last month, they've only allowed more than 20 points. I don't think they've allowed more than 20 points, maybe 20 or 21. But they, they haven't played a bunch of great teams, but they've shut down the teams that they have played. I think Liberty wins this game. I personally think they cover. But again, one and four, it's hard to bet that. And again, I'm retired from Liberty Point spreads. I could see this game being 28 to 14, um, 28 17, and you're still flirting with it. Maybe even 17 3, 21 3. I do think our defense is going to shut them down. They're going to hold them to, to, you know, 10 points or less. And at that point, how many points are we going to score? So 35 10, and we still catch that under there. Uh, next up, Alabama Ole Miss. I think this is going to be a game where Nick Saban is fired up 
He has been hearing fine bombs saying this is the worst coaching job ever. He is going to play for 60 minutes with his entire starting offense. And Lane Kiffin is going to play for 60 minutes. Regardless what the scores, Alabama could be up 58 to nothing. And Lane Kiffin is going to be like, yeah, we're going to go get seven. With 35 seconds to go, they're going to try to score points. So I'd rather be on the right side of that. Um, Alabama LSU last week was a game in the thirties. Also shout out to me. I had LSU money line. It's just, I was just compounding wins last week. After that, uh, La Tech UTSA, a little shout out to our future conference USA mates, little ESPN plus, uh, afternoon game UTSA, uh, let me pull up my notes here. Um, they housed La Tech last year. And I think the game was at La Tech. Uh, they score a ton of points. I don't think a lot of Tech's going to be able to keep up, so I see this being a three-touchdown game. Um, UTSA just seems like a team better at home. La Tech, I think they're three and six. They're probably in that. All right, we're out of it. UTSA playing for a potential conference championship game, uh, playing to increase their bowl status. I think they're already at seven wins. And last but not least, we are on to Washington, Oregon. The legend of Bo Nix. Bo Nix is going to end. He's going to find himself in New York City in the Heisman discussion if they keep this up. And Oregon, if they win out, they're going to go to the college football playoffs. As long as they don't screw up along the way, you know, they had a bad week one against Georgia. Absolutely. But that was week one. And I am not a big believer in, in holding teams completely accountable for what happens in week one. I'm a big, you know, what are you doing now? You know, what have you, you shown the committee since then? And don't get me started on the committee because I have to self-censor myself right now. I'm going to say something regrettable. I'm going to say something cancelable, and I don't think it's in everyone's best interest for me to do that right now. Keep it together. So, You're doing good. So Keep it I didn't only just get a sip of my lemon mint water, by the way. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to comment on your Alabama Ole Miss pick over 63 and a half. Yeah. How many times have you been sitting there during a, you said 58 to nothing game, and you're wondering what that coach is thinking? Like, do I just get off the field? This is embarrassing. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And you're so spot on with Lane Kiffin saying, heck with it. Let's score as many as we can. And I love <laughs> that take. And I want to be on the over just for that reason, because you're always trying to get in that brain, that coach's mm -hmm. brain. Like, is he embarrassed? Does he want to get out of here? Or is he just trying to stick it to the man? Not, not let Nick get a shutout. You know, I'm yeah. with you. I'm totally with you on that over. And another angle. You don't think this is, this is uh Lane Kiffin's audition for the Auburn game, the Auburn job. Like, let's be real for a minute. If he goes in and hangs with Bama 45 to 42, uh, pretty sure he's going to get a call from Auburn. Sorry, I keep looking up. I have Eastern Michigan minus uh, a touchdown. They're up 10 right now uh, against our old foe, Akron. So I got my eyes, well, eyes all over the so, place. So uh, congratulations on getting through this pretty quickly. Thank I got you. no other questions except for um, when, you know, you're coming to campus here in what, oh, 13 days or so. Yeah. Uh, what do you expect to see at Liberty? What do you expect to see that has changed? How how do you anticipate whenever you see the crowd for the first time, a full stadium that is on fire with Hugh Freeze on the sidelines, uh, Colin plays? Are you so pumped to see that? And do you have like expectations? Or are you just like you know? I think everything you've ever thought about Liberty is about to change here uh, in, in a few weeks. Are you excited about that? I'm so excited. 
Chad, I don't know if your dorm was similar to mine or, you know, those out there watching, but we used to have like one prayer group meeting a year that would go to like IHOP or Buffalo Wild Wings. And I would just look forward to that. I'd sit through everything and I was like, just get me to this prayer group meeting where we can go to Buffalo Wild Wings and IHOP and eat on the prayer leader's dime. Like, that's all I looked forward to. And this is what I'm looking for. Like, this is what I'm equating the Virginia Tech game to. Like, I'm so fired up. I'm so glad. You know, I was going to go to UConn this weekend, but schedule change. I was able to make Virginia Tech work. So I'm just excited. You know, yeah, you know, I saw a campus. I was I was at. Uh, the ASUN championship game right before COVID in 2020. So fine. I saw the campus, saw all the hosh posh. I'm not a student anymore, so I couldn't care less what the library looks like. Couldn't care less what the LaHaye Student Center looks like. Could not care less about any of that. There's a bowling alley. Great. I'm not there to use it, so I don't care. However, I am there to see a football game. And I am there to be a football fan and a basketball fan. So I'm excited to go to the Liberty Arena uh, Friday night and check that out. Um and see that team, you know, coming off a uh, big game against Alabama. I think there's a midweek game in, in between as well. But just to see the stadium, see the upgrades. I haven't been there in probably six years. So to be there for a big opponent like Virginia Tech, um, to, to, to meet so many of you that we've been chatting with on Twitter, you know, those who have been heckling me, uh, those who have been supportive, it's just going to be great to get out there. I hear there's going to be Chick-fil-A at the tailgate, um, and I'm excited to to just – Get out there, you know, be in the crowd um, and, and get my cheer on and just check it all out. And do they do they have Annie Ann's at the um, they do Annie Ann's at the stadium or no? I can't remember. I, I'm not a big I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not a big Annie Ann's fan, but uh, no, I don't think so. Not anymore. Uh, yes to Annie Ann's, John says in the chat. Yes. So, yes, they do. Um, here, here's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the tailgate on Saturday morning. Yep. It's only going to be it's a noon game. So we're only going to have yeah. a couple hours and uh, we're going to have providing coffee to anybody who wants to stop by. I'm looking forward to how many people are going to come up to you and, and give you their Venmo and say, hey, you owe me like 300 bucks because your picks have just absolutely stunk. So I'm looking to we'll how put many the people graphic. are going to cut it. Producer Nick, put the graphic up. Put it up. What's that year to date say at the bottom? Uh, 24 and 26. Okay. That's so four. Two- that's four. That's just around 48%, a little under 48%. People act like I wake up in the morning and I accidentally chew on my Apple watch instead of brushing my teeth. Like you look at what the bear is on college game day, significantly less than 47 and 0.8%. Like, yeah, it's not easy to pick against the spread. There's only, uh, no. <laughs> 48 percent got trump elected oh I love yeah that. yeah dude. i don't know if we said that but yeah i mean if i were a baby no. if i if i were shooting three here's my goal what's darius shoot from three 43 john's gonna correct me but i think it's around 43 44 good. if i'm hovering at a good three-point shooter percentile this is good also don't fight. Don't follow my picks if you think I'm an idiot. Like if we're this far into it and you're heckling me on Twitter and you continue to follow my picks, you're an idiot. You're an absolute baboon. Like, <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to deal with these people in about 13 days, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. All right, hey man, uh, appreciate all you do. Appreciate. So listen, thank every, you for I'm gonna, me I'm on. Gonna t- I'm gonna take up for my guy here for a minute. Yes, he's giving picks. Yes, he's having fun with this. But the reason he's part of this podcast and the reason he's a big, a good friend of mine and a big part of what we do here uh, on Twitter 
and everything else is because he is purely entertaining and he loves the flames. You have those two things. You're purely entertaining and you love yeah. the flames. And I, so everybody, yeah, there you go. Flames football. I, I, Saturday. I tried to like set this up in my background, but then I was like, I stole this. Like I did the recycling cans. So I don't need to add any more to my, my rap sheet. Yeah. So, uh, anybody that is chirping him about his pick for, for, no, it's uh, all good. Keep it going. I think it's funny. Okay. Good. Good deal, man. Hey, good luck to you. And, uh, Thank we will you. see you in a couple of weeks. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right. Let's bring in Kyle DeArmond. Uh, so the fact that Kyle is joining us this early in the night means he lost the first round of his softball game. No, Kyle, lost the uh, second round. Second round. Okay. So, yeah. so tonight was second well, round. No, no, no. Tonight was doubleheader. Won the first game. Then we had to get, okay. we played the, the, the number one seed. And, you know, Chad, in my new profession here, you know, I'm playing with a bunch of engineers. Uh, you know, I don't want to say they're, that athletics isn't at the forefront of their mind, but are you a lefty? I am. Okay. So, so describe your softball game in 10 seconds or less. What position, what kind of batter are you? Uh, center field, third batter, uh, just trying to get base hits and get outs in the outfield. So you're a speedster, they don't, they don't put, they don't put getting the slow guys in center field and they don't put slow guys at third. If you're just uh, trying to get base hits, you're a speedster. So, uh, I mean, like I, were... like I said, if I was playing with a, a bunch of former baseball players, <laughs> I'd be batting ninth and playing right field. So, okay. All right. All right. So let's get to our flames. Huge night in Arkansas. Um, man, I, I just, when you look at these two rosters, and you look at just it was only a 14 point spread so it's what not that huge but what does it say for the depth and the roster and just the the way that these guys played i don't know it for me this felt like just insurmountable i did not think that we would be able to go on the road in the sec and beat a team like arkansas uh i thought we had a much better chance against byu i think we have a much better chance here in a couple of weeks against bt um, all the other P5 wins I thought were toss-ups. This was one that I thought, okay, let's go down there and just try to keep it close. Uh, how impressive of a win was that the other night? Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. You know, Freeze always talks about building the defense or building the team with, you know, at the quarterback position and defensive line. And we saw our defensive line just completely dominate the opponent. I mean, they completely dominate Arkansas from the beginning. Um, and it was, it, I mean, it was noticeable from the very first snap, like, okay, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be in this game. I think, I think Hugh Freeze has an unbelievable way of getting his guys ready to play. Like I, I've never been around anybody who, who can do that like he can. Um, and he's just super talented at, at getting those guys ready to play. But at the same time too, I mean, Josh Aldridge and Jack Curtis and that defensive staff. I mean, what a game they called. Um, but yeah, I mean, the defensive line just dominated. And I think it, it speaks to the the talent that we've been able to recruit and bring in. And the transfer portal has helped for sure. Um, but the development of players too. I mean, Darrell Johnson was 220 pounds maybe when they signed him, you know, out of, out of junior college. And, you know, he just, he, he's just transformed thanks to Dom and the strength staff and, and he's become a player that, you know, is just, you know, he's going to be able to play at the next level. So 
I think it's just, I mean, the other, the other thing, and I don't know if you guys talked about it because I got on late, but you know, I was on the sideline when we played against Auburn in 2018. And I mean, I saw what defenses and what players in the SEC looked like, and they were the biggest human beings I've ever seen. You know, Derek Brown, who was there, who's now balling for the Carolina Panthers here, um, he was just an animal. He took AGG and threw him like a rag doll. So, you know, Arkansas, you know, they may have not been at the level that Auburn was that year. I mean, they probably were, though, honestly. I mean, they probably were. It was just, you know, it's just different now. It's just different. The players are different, and – we can compete with these teams week in and week out, and he has shown that we can do that. I mean, there's no game that we're going to go into that we're just going to be outmatched physically anymore. And I think that just it speaks to the recruiting. It speaks to the development. It's fun to watch. All right. I am not one to sit back and say, woe is me. Liberty's a victim. They don't like us. It's religious. They don't like what our mission is. But with that being said, Greg Sankey has has openly commented about uh, the he's the SEC commissioner. Uh, who, who knows if he actually was able to blackball any coaches from being in the league? Uh, but the fact that he's the head of this committee that just blatantly didn't recognize the AP or the coaches poll were both nineteen. Uh, they have us at least six spots worse than that. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of when we were left out of the FCS playoffs um, and we were ranked like 15 or 14 at the time. Thought we would for sure be in and then it got left out. I thought for sure. I was predicting like 2021. I knew it was going to be higher than the AP and coaches. Uh, what is your take on this? I'm trying not to go down that. I'm trying to take my tinfoil hat off and not think it has to yeah. do anything with our mission or our school. I think it has a lot to do with our strength of schedule. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with uh, Wake Forest kind of uh, bombing here the last couple of weeks. I think it has a lot to do with uh, a close win over who was it that we barely beat that we should have just throttled Gardner Webb. So I think there's a lot of factors in there, but the, the, the tinfoil hat in me wants to say they just hate Liberty. Greg Sankey hates Hugh Freeze or something similar. Uh, that's that's all the conspiracy in me. Uh, how much are you buying of that? And is there is there? I mean, I know you think we probably should be ranked, but how much do you play into the fact that we are Liberty, and we you know we're, we're not the we're not the we're not the prettiest girl at the dance right now? Yeah, I mean it's it, it sucks for sure, but I think it's just it adds fuel to the fire. It adds it adds fuel to the fire uh, on a week that you need it. I mean, you're going into UConn and on paper, you know, what, what's the spread? What are we against? What's the spread for you for the UConn game? 14 or 14 and a half. Yeah. Maybe so, 15. I mean, like, yeah. So, like, a, a game that we need, we need, we need this momentum and we need this juice. I mean, UConn is playing for bowl eligibility and they've been playing good and they beat some, you know, they beat a power five team in Boston College. Now, Boston College is down, but they have better players than UConn does. And so I look at it as like, so what? Like, you know, like it's going to take a year. It's the momentum that we get from this. And John mentioned it, you know, in, in his segment. But like you look at UCF, they're they're ranking UCF based on UCF's, you know, consistency 
at winning and having a good record and, you know, beating Cincinnati like that there, they beat Cincinnati. We beat Arkansas, BYU, you know, they're, they're not looking at these teams as like these big, like momentous wins. Like we do as fans, they're looking at them like BYU, not very good. Arkansas, you know, five and three, they now they're five and four. They're kind of struggling this year. Like other than like, who's like kind of Liberty's big win. They lost to Wake Forest by one and Wake is kind of, they're not great. So, I mean, I think that's how they're looking at it, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it, it ticks you off as a fan to be like, we should be in the, we should be in the, in the top 25. And I think we should, and I, I completely think we should, but I think it just adds fuel to the fire for freeze and for, for our players. Um, you know, you go 11 and one on the year, we got to win this week at UConn, but you go 11 and one on the year and you put yourself in position you know, the thing that, that kind of sucks about it is the way that they have it ranked, the whoever wins the American Conference is going to be ahead of us. You know, whether that's Cincinnati, UCF, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, one of those teams, Tulane. Tulane's got a tough – they got a tough, you know, stretch here at the end. But it is what it is, and I, I think that we deserve it for sure. I think our kids deserve it. We deserve to be in that ranking, but at the end of the day – you know, let's just go win a football game on Saturday and, and let everything else take care of itself. You know, that's a that's a great way to look at it. And I think I think uh, I think that 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 kind of plays with me a little bit that as a fan, BYU meant so much to the committee. It didn't mean yeah. that much. No, exactly. As a, as a fan going on the road and beating Arkansas meant the world to them. It was against a five and four Arkansas team that's down a little bit and. You know, we, we barely beat them by one point. Uh, so, you know, take off all the Liberty uh, Liberty colored glasses, and I think I can make sense of it a little bit. Not saying I wouldn't rank us, but I'm not I'm not putting on the hat and saying, oh, yeah, they just hate I would I would rank us. I would rank us for sure. I mean, I, I would I'm right there with you, Chad. I mean, like I would rank us. So, um, all right. <clears throat> uh, I gave John a shot at this and you've been around for all of these. Uh how would you categorize slash uh, rank the win against Arkansas in school history, best win, so on and so forth? Uh, if you didn't hear, I'll give you a summary of mine real quick. I think Baylor was the one that propelled us the most, uh, gave us gave our fan base, our school, just the just kind of pushed us forward the most. I think that BYU is the most meaningful, and I think that uh, I think that Arkansas is the best team, the best roster. Those guys are going to be playing on Sundays. A few of them. Uh, I think that's the best team we've beat. How do you look at the win down there um, at Arkansas and rank it? And is it kind of, is it, do you do something similar where you say, well, yeah, it was good in this, but it probably wasn't the most meaningful. Yeah, I would, I would, without thinking about it too much, I mean, I would agree that the, the Baylor win, you know, we won that with all FCS recruits, you know, like none of those kids, besides the freshmen like DJ Stubbs who played and maybe some of the freshmen that played on, on defense um, were, were recruited as we are going into the football bowl subdivision and it's guaranteed for sure. Everybody else was like, we want to, we, we think we have a shot, you know, that game propelled us into the spotlight for sure. Um, I think that the, you know, the wins in 2020 kind of like showed everybody like 
okay, like it's Hugh Freeze. You know, that's expected. He's going to have some big wins. Malik Wills is a really good player. And then, you know, BYU, biggest win in school history from the aspect of like, you know, it was kind of like dream that that would happen. I think the Arkansas win like solidifies us as a legit program. And it solidifies us as one of the top group of five programs in the nation. And, you know, I know I, I gave you that stat a couple weeks ago and, you know, that's great. But when you kind of look at it, if we dive deep on it, there's a lot of New Mexico states like New Mexico, UMass a couple times. Like, so people are going to look at that and be like, yeah, that's great. But it's not the American Conference. You, you weren't playing Cincinnati and UCF and SMU and all these schools. But I do think that the Arkansas win uh, kind of solidified us as we're here and we're not going anywhere for a really long time. We're going to continue to get recruits. We're going to continue to win. Um, and, you know, Liberty is a mainstay in the group of five conference and they're going to be somebody who you do not want on your schedule. And we've kind of seen that all these, these power five schools, you would be stupid to play us. Like that's a bad decision because with you freeze as the head coach, like, I mean, it's going to be a toss up and you might get blown out like and definitely don't come to William Stadium and play because you're not going to be prepared. You think it's just a bunch of like Christian kids and it's all good and like, oh, it's going to be calm. And like, they, you know, they don't have as many people. I mean, it's loud. It's loud there. So I, right. I would so, I would kind of kind of categorize it like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a very fair. All right. I'm going to kind of bring us down to earth here a little bit. And I'm going to bring us back to the days where I don't think we'll ever get there. Like in my lifetime, I'm going to bring up an experience you had on Saturday night. And that is LSU beating Alabama. You were in Baton Rouge. You're in Death Valley. Uh, it looked amazing on TV. They rushed the field. They beat up a, a, a powerhouse, Alabama. Um, I guess from your perspective, being there and experiencing that, do you have knowing what you know now and how far we've come? Do you have any uh, imagination, any any ability to fathom Liberty competing at that level and doing something similar within your lifetime? I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I mean that that place was. I mean, I've been in a lot, a lot of loud environments, and I'm not just talking like, like football games being loud. Like, you know, I'm talking like a NASCAR event where you have to wear earplugs because it is just, I mean, your head's pounding loud. That place, I mean, it was, it was literally the first time in my life that I've been like, I have to plug my ears or my, my eardrums are going to burst. It was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. It was, it was unbelievable. Can we, can we get there as a fan base? I mean, I don't think we'll ever be there like that as a fan base. I mean, that's, you know, a hundred thousand people like that's, you know, that's different. That's SEC football. Can we, in your can lifetime, in your lifetime, in my lifetime, can we compete with those teams? I mean, I think we can we can compete with them. I, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, you're kind of putting me on the spot here. And, and my lifetime, I, guess, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm getting old, so I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, it, would I got be, you here. it would be tough. It would be tough to do it every single week. I think you're like one offs of playing those teams. 
like say we get into the uh and we get into like a new year six game in a year like next year two years and we're going to end up playing you know the an lsu we're going to play one of those schools we'll be we'll compete we will compete we're going to compete week in and week out uh but i mean to do it every single week over and over and over and over and over again that's that's going to be hard i mean you look at Think about like how how beat up we were after the first kind of four weeks. I mean, the depth is just different, you know. Well, uh, I have I was on the wrong side of of forecasting and prognosticating about ten years ago, and uh, so I don't I don't know what if I want to be on the wrong side of that again. But I, I do agree with you that that is something that you know I just can't imagine it. I mean, if we get there, it won't surprise me. And I would be right there in the middle of it. And and that's where we're trying to get to. And that's the goal. But in my imagination, it will not let me al- allow me to get to 100 plus thousand fans uh, in Williams Stadium playing against who has been the, the decade long reigning champs, you know, of college football. Yeah, I think them. I think that I think that for us, like we always after these wins, I think the Liberty fans, they go to the, we want Bama. We should be able to win a national championship because we beat an SEC school. Uh, We got to come back down to reality a little bit. Are we a really good football team? Yes. Should we be ranked in the college football playoff? Yes. Are we at the level yet of being like the upper echelon of teams? No. And I say that because like the fan base will be like, Oh my gosh, we just won a huge game. And then, you know, two weeks later, you lose. And it's like, what are what are we? We are ter- like, what are we doing? Like, this is like how how in the world could we have lost that game? We just beat Arkansas. Like the reality is, like, we are living in a time and and the students are in a time, and we are all in a time where like Liberty Athletics is at an all-time high. And we need to enjoy that because you never know what can happen. You never know what coach is gonna leave, what coach is gonna come in in all sports not just football you know and so it's just like let's enjoy this time be thankful that we have Ian McCall as our leader that we have Hugh Freeze as our head coach for football that we have Scott Jackson for basketball for baseball and we have Richie McKay for for basketball uh Kerry Green I mean you could continue to go on and on and on um I think we'd be thankful of that and we just continue to look forward and you know we, we got to win Saturday. I think that's that's like the coaches had in me still is like, yeah, be, beating BYU is awesome. Beating Arkansas is awesome. But you're going to a place that they're fighting for bowl eligibility. They're going to be fired up to play. They're playing a top 25 team at home. Like, it's going to be tough. So, I mean, that's kind of how I am. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that, like, I'm going to – this is recorded and it's going to be uh, stored in the archives forever. So in 30 years, whenever there's 100,000 people in Lynchburg, uh, oh. I'm going to I'm gonna bring this back up and say you and I had no vision. We have no BHAG. There's no Jerry Sr. in us. We are just uh, two twerps who are trying to be uh, negative Nancys. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm with I, you. I think I'm that the other, the other side of that too, Chad, is like – you know, if we if this podcast, if we sat here and we were like in 10 years, <laughs> we need to be at at least 75,000 people on a daily on a, on a weekly basis in Lynchburg. And we're going to be in the SEC and we're going to be beating all those teams. And we should I mean, we at least should have not 
you know, maybe not three, but two national championships. I think people would be like, come on, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are we doing? No, here? no, we're, we're, we're realistic. We're optimistic. We're, we're trying to be, we're trying to fan the flames the best we know how. Here's what I do know. And you mentioned it. We're in the golden era. Uh, we're on one of the best waves of fans that we will ever catch in our entire lives. Let's ride this thing. Let's enjoy it. And let's have fun with it. Uh, KD, I will throw it to you for final comments here. Anything you want to talk about, whether it's the college football playoff, whether it's UConn, whether it's Arkansas, whether it's the projection of Liberty Athletics and Liberty football, whether it's Hugh Freeze, what is it that's on your mind that you want to make sure that uh, that our fans are hearing this week prior to prior to uh, you know what we got left? Three games left. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to our man JB. I mean, you think about what that guy has been through um, from the start of his career all the way now, you know, losing out on being named the starter week one, uh, getting pulled in that game. And then, you know, the mental the mental game that these kids have to play now, especially with social media and people commenting on everything. And I love our fans to death and they're going to they're going to praise you when you're doing good and if you're doing bad they're going to call you out on it which is is a sign of a you know kind of maturing fan base not everybody's going to praise you praise you all the time but i mean for what that kid has gone through and for him to kind of keep his his nose down and continue to work and uh kind of block out the noise and he's continuing to get better i mean it just kind of speaks to the person that he is and i and knowing him personally i i know that and so I'm just, I'm really, really proud of him. Um, really thankful that he has stuck it out, that he has pushed through some adversity and that he is our quarterback and he's done a great job. And uh, I'm just very thankful for him and, you know, excited for his future outside of football. I think he's gonna be a great football coach and, you know, he's uh, he's awesome. So shout out to JB, shout out to the boys. Let's go beat UConn and uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Hey, uh, one last shout out here is to producer Nick Kirby. Dude, you absolutely killed it the other night on your basketball preview show. You had so many guests coming on. I was thinking about what would I be doing if I had that many guests and that like only 10 minutes at a piece. I, I would you die. wouldn't be I, able to do it. Like no, you would, I, you, no. You my would. questions are 10 minutes. My questions are 10 minutes yeah. long. What am we I going to do? We got to work on that. Is there like a class We're, or schooling we can go to for that? We're going to watch film. We're going to get in the film room. Yeah. We're going to clean it up. we got things we can improve, uh, but we're on the next week. And, uh, hey, always a fun time. Appreciate you, KD, jumping on. Nick Kirby, appreciate you producing. Love what you're doing for the basketball podcast. And uh, with that, we will see you guys uh, next week. Go Flames. Uh, man, let's go get that win against UConn. And, uh, and, and, you know, we still have a lot to play for, a lot to play for. Let's make the college football playoff uh, rank us make them talk about us. We win these next three games uh, where they're going to rank us. So that's all we got to focus on.